Lord, we celebrate you. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, we exalt you. Yes, Lord. Jesus, we glorify you. Father, we magnify you. Yes, Lord. We recognize your presence tonight. We know you are here with us. And we know you are here to do us good. Yes. We thank you for the things you have done this month. You have, you are beating our expectation. Yes, Lord. You have done beyond the expected. You are blowing our mind. Yes, Jesus. You have kept us in awe. Yes, Lord. We give you praise and glory. Hallelujah. You have made good your promise. Yes, Lord. We appreciate you. Yes, Lord. We thank you for the garment of prayer and intercession that is released upon us today. Amen. We thank you for we shall pray by your leading. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Be glorified in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's be seated briefly. We'll be sharing with us. We're going to be praying. Last week we began a, a, an exhortation series on Wednesday. I don't really preach. And I don't actually teach them, we just exalt on Wednesday because it's more of giving to prayers. We are here to pray on Wednesdays. Amen. Sundays I take time to teach, although we see pray for a long time on Sunday. On Sundays I take more time to teach, and then uh, on Friday online I teach. So Wednesday we just exalt. And um, last week we began something that was really powerful. We began on a series titled um, The Purpose of the Great Horror of Darkness. The Purpose of the Great Horror of Darkness. And we understood um, that from Genesis 15, verse 12 to 16, what happened to Abraham says that when the sun was going down, a deep, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham, and lo, an horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abraham, Know of a shorty that I see shall be a stranger in a land that is not yours, and shall send them, and they shall flee them four hundred years. And also the nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again. For the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet full. Amen to Jesus. And then we, 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 we did a little understanding of that last uh, week. Um, that uh, actually uh, God told Abraham that um, he, he, he was going to possess the land and Abraham asked the Lord. Last two weeks we began this study and Abraham asked the Lord, give me an assurance that I will possess the land. Now in the preceding verse, the, the, some preceding verses, the Lord had told Abraham that he would have a child and he showed him the stars to tell him you have each time the number of children he will have. And Abraham believed the box and he believed that it was counted to him for righteousness. God showed him pictures of his future and he believed God that it was counted to him for righteousness. But now God tells him, you possess this man, you and your children, and then he asks God for an assurance. Why? Was it because he doubted God? No, it was not because he doubted God. But in the preceding chapter, the Bible says the Lord told him to walk the length and the breadth of the land. Now, when you walk the length and the breadth of the land, you will know what the land entails. Now, when you walk the length and the breadth of the land, you have experience by knowledge, experience by sight, experience by, by interaction. Now, when the Lord gives you a word, some of the times, it's, um, it comes as an excitement to your spirit. But until experience comes, you may not know the potency of the word. I remember a friend of mine used to tell me, he said, was telling me, he said, man of God, I remember when we would go on my knees and I'll pray in tongues. And I'll pray for hours in tongues. And I'm excited in my spirit while I'm praying in tongues. He said, when I come out from my prayer closet and I look at my room and I see that there's no food in the room. That excitement looks like he's finding a way to hide. He says, but you know, that is what he told me there. You know, most of the time when the Lord gives you a word and you are so excited in your spirit, when the physical experience comes face to face with you, at that point, you begin to look for an assurance. Because it looks like the word is no longer true. But let God be true and every man be a liar. Now, when Abraham asked the Lord for an assurance, God did not correct him. God did not chastise him. The same way Peter asked Jesus, he said, Say that we are made father, mother, brother, sister to follow you. What do we stand to get? Jesus is not calling you canal, Peter. No, Jesus is not. Hey, Peter, what kind of a canal deserve? He goes into that. Jesus gave an assurance. He said, You have left father, mother, brother, to follow me. You will get father, mother, brothers. The houses. Peter didn't ask for house. But Jesus said, You will get no mansions in heaven. You will get houses. And he said, You also get what? Persecution in attachment to it. So when we ask God for assurance, He doesn't trash us. He doesn't get angry with us. He knows that our physical experience is beginning to stress.
strife with the world. There is a fight between our experiences and his world. And God is more concerned about the fulfillment of his word than our situation. So he will go the extra man to ensure that you believe his word. And so when our problems are not for a confirmation, for an assurance, sorry, the Lord was fast to give an assurance. Why? Because he knows that his word, he says, heaven and earth will pass away, my word will not pass away. His word is his word. He said that I exalted my, 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 my word above my name. He is, his word is his word. And so he, when he gives his word, he will do everything. The Bible says he watches over his word to perform it. Yes. <laughs> so he will do everything to ensure that that word is performed. If it means him giving you an assurance, he will give you. Yes. Because moment experience comes into the picture, what happens is that your faith begins to dwindle. Sarah said, How can you say I'll have a child? When I don't even have pleasure any longer. <laughs> and she laughed. So when he had an experience of walking the length and breadth of the land, he said, I believe God will work on this matter with what I have seen. We need to give me assurance. And let me tell you something. What Abraham did is what is meant to be done by every child of God. Because the Bible says, faith, Romans 7 says, faith cometh by hearing and by hearing. Not by hearing one. By hearing and by hearing of repeated hearing. He said, faith cometh. That means when the word is not heard, faith goeth. So you need to keep hearing the word of God again and again for faith to keep coming and coming and coming. The more you hear, the more it comes. The more you don't hear, the more it goes. That's how you surround yourself with the word. The continuous hearing of the word is continuous assurance. So Abraham, what he did was what the new creation is meant to do. But the problem with us today is that we don't do it. I remember at former mission of Sweetfield, they told me one of our the, the, the grand pastors there, told me, he said, these people, when they come to church this Sunday, they'll tell you, and you're going to church this Sunday, they'll call them and say, what is the problem? Why are you going this next Sunday again? Say, no, what you do is that when you go this Sunday, you wait for one month before you now go. And I'm like, this is good man. And uh, one of my pastors there in the university told me his uncle, when his uncle goes to church this Sunday, he comes and says, Oh, let's go to church this Sunday. Uncle will tell him, eh, You see, that message I had last week Sunday, I'm not fully digesting it. <laughs> I'm still digesting it. So let me finish digesting it before I go to church again. And that is a lie and deception of the devil. Because the more, it's just like mathematics. If you leave mathematics for three days, it will leave you for three months. The more you leave the word of God, the more faith leaves you. Why Abraham, what he did was a New Testament reality. He needed an assurance, and God knew that what he was doing was right. What Peter did was a New Testament reality. He needed an assurance, and Jesus knew what he was doing was right. Child of God, we all need assurance. That's why we keep going to the world. You keep opening, he said, I don't I feel bored. I don't feel like reading. Open something and read. I mean, I've started reading somewhere. Somewhere. But in the middle of somewhere, I started the teaching of somewhere. Is that not so? Something was enter my spirit again. Something will enter. We need assurance. We need assurance. And we saw that Abraham got the assurance. But something got in said that the Bible said there was a great horror of darkness that came upon him. And then when the horror of darkness came, the Lord began to tell him, Your children will be what strangers in another land, and then they'll be there for 400 years. And then I will judge that land, and then I will let them go. Now, the Lord, most of the time, when we hear about that, we think that the reason why. Israel stayed in Egypt for 400 years was because they were to come out with great stuff. So because the Bible says they shall come out, I will judge the, the land that has, um, uh, that has touched them and practicing, and then I will cause them to come out with great substance. We think that because God wanted them to come out with great substance, that's why God put them for 400 years in Egypt. But that's, that's absurd. If, if it's about money, if it's about substance, God did not need to put them for even one, 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 one full day in Egypt. And it's not of the string, and the Bible says, He said, The seed in Haggai, but He said, The silver is mine, and the gold is my seed, and the seed alone. He said, The cutting of the thousand is a man. If it's all his, why does he need to torture you to believe the Lord? And it's not of the figure, and that just for the way I ship all the gold in Egypt to Canaan, and we'll be fine. So it was beyond the great substance. 
Yes, and that's from uh, my, my spiritual father told me that the Prime Minister of, um, of Egypt called the Prime Minister of Israel and he told them, he says, see, see, uh, please, you know what you do? All the gold and silver your forefathers took from our forefathers, please return them. Say what happened? He says, since your forefathers plundered our economy, our economy has never recovered from it. Say, so he told them to us, and the Prime Minister of Israel says, so no problem. Say, what will happen is that we'll return. So but what you do is that you, you and all your citizens, you will serve us for 430 years. The same way our forefathers served you people for 430 years. After you finish the service, we will not return. That was how the case closed. But if they don't be for gold and silver, gold and not we spend them for all that precious time. There was more to it. And if you look at the 16 verses here, it says, but in the first generation, they shall come here that again. They will come here again. This land you are, that's the land they will possess you. They will leave the land, and that's actually what happened. They will leave the land, but they will come back again. It says, for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet full. Why did God keep them in Egypt for 430 years? Simple, the iniquity of the Amorites was not yet full. Yes. Their cup was not yet full. And the people to execute judgment on them was Israelites. So the Israelites had to stay to their corpus. So let me tell you something. Most of the time, the reason why God allows you to stay through some, let me use the word, great horror of darkness, is because some people that is meant to create um, religion mental upon, their cup is not yet full. It's half full. And God needs it to be overflowing. In fact, by the time Israel was coming back, their cup was overflowing. Because the period was 400 years, but they spent 430 years. 400 years was the time needed for the Amorite cup to be full. That's why when they came back, the way, the way Joshua was killing them, he was killing them like chickens. Because it was over time for judgment. Over time. It's not because of God. No, 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 most of us as, um, as Christians don't understand. The reason why God is allowing you to go through some of the challenges is not because of money. No, 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 no. Money is not the problem. It's not because of wife, car, house. No, 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 no. A car, a wife, money. Then that is an insult to the grace of God, the anointing of God, and the judgment of God. Because the purpose of your process is because there are some Amorites that have to be killed. And if you are not fully prepared for them, you will die in the process of killing them. And so God takes you out so you can allow your cup to be full. And when your cup is full, He brings you back to execute judgment. Before the Lord, in, in, my, in, my, in my 12 years of ministry, I take time to inquire from the Lord before I take steps. When the Lord told me, stop out there, I say, God, I don't like to beg for money. I don't like to ask for money. Lord, how will you give me? How will you supply money? And the Lord began to lead me. I began to read. I began to, began to show me how I was going to supply. The Lord began to meet me. And then the Lord told me the first ministry location, how long I would say that. He told me what that location was about. He told me the number of years. The, 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 the church planet was running for that period of years. After that period of years, the Lord told me, close it down. Ah, I was like, why? I began to inquire Lord, and inquire Lord. And then I began to understand that when the Lord spoke to me, I didn't, I didn't inquire for that. I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I, was, I was working with my own assumptions and agenda, not his agenda. When the Lord told me that that first location was Babylon, the location, the name of the location starts with B. And he told me it is Babylon. He told me Jeremiah chapter 29 is my word for that location. I went to study Babylon and I discovered that that location was a 21st century, 20th century description of Babylon. Babylon was surrounded by bulls, big bulls. Because they talked to them so that enemies, when they are coming, they will fall into it. And that city is surrounded by big bulls. They call them bulls. It is believed, they are, they are myths believed that some of the giants that was the king's son that took those boots. So when enemies are coming, they will fall into the hose. Number two, Babylon's soil was red. That city, I was saying, their soil was red. Everything was precise. And the Lord told me the number of years. I was having my agenda. When the number came, I was not even in the country. When, 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 the, when the number came, the Lord told me, close. I thought it took me one year to do this, to open the instruction. I prayed the Lord told me, I took one year and I did it. When I finally did that, the Lord began to speak to me after that. And I said, oh Lord, this is what you're saying. The next location, the Lord showed us, as exactly where we were going, the Lord told me how, what will happen. I, will, I said, well, I don't know how to speak French. 
I, I didn't like French as a primary school student, uh, put me. And the Lord told me, I will give you an A1. He shall come to see and he shall be, he shall be happy when he sees exactly what happened. Lord gave them in the Peter. Everything ran the way the Lord said it. When the Lord said it's time to close, ah, what again, Lord? When they close it, the Lord told me, that is Rehobot. but I have Beersheba for you. When I began to study and I saw that, that was Rehobot. but there is Beersheba. I called my spiritual father from where I was. I said, Papa, I've seen God has shown me. I understand. I say, I say, I say, yes, I'm happy you are hearing from God. Really. I saw the scriptures. And when it was time for this location, the Lord told us, this, told me precisely, He gave me the whole book. And I began to study. And last week, we began to understand that there is a spirit to be dealt with. The Lord took the children of Israel to Egypt. Why? So they could collect substance and to keep them on the hanging till the cup of the Amorite is full. And then with that substance, they will still come and execute judgment. Exactly what on the first day, first day they came out. Exactly what happened to me. My first, I remember four years into mission, I began to ask for international ministry. First international mission exposure was this land of Ghana. I first came here. I remember staying in a hotel room and I was praying. And a pastor came to meet me and I told him we'll plant a church here. And he asked me. That's 20. 11 or about, and he asked me, Is it Ghana that will pastor me? Is it Ghana that will pastor it? I said, I don't know. What I do is that we'll plant a church. I came to the soil. The same issue of Israel. But God took me to Egypt too. And then brought me back here again. But what is the purpose for the animals their hope was not yet full? It had to be full. It was bigger than having money. No. It was about judging some people that they have been doing nonsense for years. And God said, man, I have to deal with them. So today we are going to be starting off a series on dealing with the spirit of Amorites. Now let me be understand something. Everything you see in Old Testament is a spirit. Jezebel is not a person. Jezebel is a spirit. Ahab is not a person. Ahab is a spirit. Those are not spirits. And they, they operate. Balaam is not a person. It's a spirit. They operate in the 21st century church. Even they are inside the church. I'm also going to go. They operate in location. The Prince of Persia is not only the Prince of Persia. You are Prince of every location you go to. So you must know how to deal with spirits if you must take territories. Dealing with the spirit of Amorites. Who are the Amorites? We learned last week that the word Amorites is from the Hebrew word Emory. And Emory means a sayer. A sayer. A sayer, somebody who says. <laughs> a sayer. And when we came to this visitation, one of the first that actually was struggling us was what? These are sayers. Them say, 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 them say. I didn't even understand that it was the Amorites that was struggling me. We have not put our leg on the ground. Sayer started fighting. We have not put our leg they started fighting. From Oyadiva to Adrako to here. Say us. So when the Lord began to put my eye to this thing, it was last week. I said, we will on this matter for long ago. We will deal with the sayers. <laughs> and the Amorites are one of the people of the East Canaan and beyond the Jordan, dispossessed by the Israelites in Goshen from Egypt. Now, of course, when the Bible talks about possessing your possession or possessing your land, if you look at the word possessed in the Hebrew, it's not actually the word possessed, it's the word dispossess. That's the Hebrew meaning. Which means someone is actually possessing it. You have to dispossess it from the person. So everything you want to gain, everything you want to take, sorry, there's somebody already saying there. There's no vacuum in life. Even in an empty room, there's matter. Everything you want in life, somebody's already possessing it. Life is about dispossessing or being dispossessed. He said, the devil has an interest in that place. Yes. <laughs> if the land is bare, it's empty, nobody habiting the whole city, don't go there. Don't go there. You see that it kills its inhabitants or something is not go there. But how do you a good land? People are there. They are struggling for it. Uh -huh. Then that's a good land. 
And let me tell you, a lot you want to take that people already there. Yes. Uh, don't think it. They're not even their principalities there. They are giants there. When they are, they, they have held the land like crazy. And you have to be more crazy than them to take it. A man of God wanted to plant, uh, wanted to uh, uh, build his church in Nigeria. And the land he chose to buy was a land that two communities were fighting over. There are two charms and charms. And this one we throw charm inside the land. They are not opening to throw charm inside the land. They, this one we throw, they are charmed the land to the extent that they become an evil forest. They charmed the land that only snakes, wild, <laughs> dangerous things were living there. They charmed the land like crazy. And that was the land the man of God said going to take. Instead of making an approach to the land, it looked like the, first, the charms there. You know, this was the confusion of charms. They were so tough. And you know what he did? One day he got angry. He took a, a, a big sapper, what we call Ghana Moscow, but they call it Nigeria Moscow, whatever. He took the bag, full of money, and he went to meet one of his mentors. And he dropped the bag. And he left. As he dropped the bag, his mentor looked at him and called him John C. John C. He understood better. As he dropped that bag, that was how the land entered the town. The two communities, I don't know what happened to them. That was how he got the land. Even if it's not individual possessing land, charms are still possessing it. Snakes, I have one man that possessing it. <laughs> I don't want to go for that. <laughs> it was not possible when he went to preach in the village. Preached and he went to the to the king to preach to the and that place he don't get about Jesus and he went to preach. And after preaching, he told the king, I want to get a man to be the church. I want to preach. Get a man to be the king said no problem. He gave him the evil forest of the of the village. And he was laughing when they gave it to him. Because in that evil forest, nobody goes in there and comes out again. And as he went, he entered the evil forest with his prayer warriors. And he had class to clear the forest. As they were clearing the forest, he started, he started hearing noise. And then he stopped. In that first spring, he said, Lord, arise and let your enemy be scattered. Let them run get a scatter. As he prayed that prayer, they started hearing noise. Noise. Noise in the bush. Like people running up and down, hitting themselves, hitting themselves. They were not seeing anybody. They were running up and down, hitting themselves, hitting themselves, hitting themselves, hitting themselves. And finally, there was a calm. After the calm, we saw a big snake coming out. His, if people wanted to go, he told them, wait for me. As the snake came out, he just said, in the name of Jesus, I curse you. The snake came, looked at him, felt that and dried up. They cleared that evil forest and used it to build church. The land you want to possess, there are people possessing it. Unless you are ready to dispossess, you cannot possess. This is the principle of life. So I'm talking about the Amorites here. Who are the Amorites? The Amorites are the seers who use words to fight and oppose God's people. Like we say in my country, a closed mouth is a closed destiny. Everybody is saying something, what are you saying? They use their words. I remember when I came out very gentle and very loving and kind. I, I carried a gentle spirit too, but I came with love. And I saw the one was kind and calm and not, not releasing the gentle spirit. They were using the amorite spirit to trouble me. And then I said, it's like I have to release that part of me. We were born in a part of Nigeria where they are troublesome people. And then we relocated, my, my family relocated to a part of Nigeria that is the headquarters of witchcraft. So from 1986 to 2014, I was in the headquarters of witchcraft. So we understand witchcraft. They didn't kill us then, they cannot kill us here. Where I was, where I was straight, where I grew up, from primary school, secondary school, university, when you, when you tell people you are living in that place, that time they will run away from you. So we know what witchcraft is. And I said, look, you think you have witchcraft here in Ghana? We were born in, we were born in witchcraft school. So let me teach you witchcraft. And I entered into the other dimension. I lived, I left the, the loving thing and I entered the judgment. All of them ran. Thou shalt not suffer a wish to live. I am a spirit. I know. It's a spirit that does what? That uses words to fight. And let me tell you, life of praise by.
But when the Bible says book of the says, how forcible are right words? But we say what he misspoken is like apple in gold platters. So if you are not speaking, somebody is speaking. When the diabolic people want to deal with you, what did they do? They carry powder, they make enchantments, enchantments, and after the enchantment, they put powder. That's the end. Incantation is a mix of words. Divination is an array of words. Life is governed by words. If you are not talking, somebody is talking you down. It's a world of talks. And you must not talk anyhow. You must have right words. First, because right words are forceful. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, it says the word of God is quick and powerful. What quick does the Hebrew is the Greek word Zao, which means alive. The word of God is alive and powerful. So when you speak it, it releases life. And let me tell you something. The devil uses his word to release death. The antidote to death is life. You can't allow the, the Amorites keep speaking against your destiny. They wake up, they speak here. They wake up, they speak there. They wake up, they don't be talking and they're When they say, and the people say, you don't know, as a child, I know how to talk. Talking and be my ministry from childhood. So I will not release it upon you. You have to use the same power of words. You deal with it. Why? Because when Amorites are not dealt with, judgment is delayed. And the Bible says, I paraphrase, it says, when justice is delayed, the, soul, the act of the sons of men will be determined to do evil. If you are not speaking your right words and you are not countering the sayers, you are delaying justice. And their hearts will be, will be swelling, they'll be getting bigger. I met somebody today who did some nonsense, was it not two years ago? The way I was asking the guy, he was trying to smile, trying to get across me. The way I was giving the words, they knew that he had to find his way and go. You get the words back. That's why we have the place of prayer. That's why we have the Lord. You have to use that. You have to you have to you have to decree. You have to use what I remember in our first ministry, the first ministry location. Somebody came and threatened us and said we should remove the hospital or else we remove the church. And I came the next day, I entered church. I lifted up my hands and I decreed some dangerous dimension. That one we didn't see the guy again. I was in another city and they called me and said, somebody came and said we should move the hospital or let's remove the church. From where I was, I started making I, I, I don't waste time. As you give me the thing, I started crying immediately. I started making declarations. I came back to the city, to my city of where the church is. I stood on the altar and made the that guy he left the community. We're talking about other rights here. They will use words to threaten you. They will use words to pull you down. The devil works with words. Fear is an application of negative words. Faith is an application of the amplification of the word of God. So if you cannot talk back, they will talk you down. Don't mess up your destiny with your words. Don't make enchantments. Don't make divinations. Don't make the, the spirit things into the atmosphere. And then your life is going zigzag. You are one wise my life. Why are things working? No! Things are working, but you don't know how to work them. Your word is a worker. The sayers who oppose God's people with their words. They always come against you, they will always challenge you with their words, but you can't keep quiet. You can't, that's why you must not to use your prayer, you must not to use it. You must not to speak, you must not to speak words. Remember there was a young lady who told me, she was a teenager and she said she, I, 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 I met her of, I, I went to preach in the secondary school and she called me after the second and got her saved on phone. She got me, she got saved on phone. I told her, now you have to receive her phone. She said, but I just said, that's why you receive it now. And I said, we receive the Holy Ghost now. From before the power of God hit her now. And she fell down boom, and she was speaking in tongues. And then she told me, somebody called, uh, uh, and they told her to come back to, to her village. I prayed and told her to come back. When they told her to come back, they had a rich marriage for her. A rich marriage for her. Teenager, and she told me that, Papa, that DJ said, I'm going to get married. I told her, it will not hold. She said, what they say is tomorrow. I said, it will not hold. I said, they blast. The next day she called me and said, David, the way you said it happened, I said, yes, so what happened? He said, the man said he saw it in a dream, he saw a man, and the man told him, don't marry that day. Yes. The next day he came and said, I'm sorry, I will not marry you. You need to know how to use your words. The sayers are saying, what are you saying? I cannot say. 
where they have all right, they are highlanders or heal men. They are highlanders or heal men. The highlanders who fight from men from high places and elevated points, or they fight from a high sphere of influence using their words. They are, they, they, you know what I'm saying? They are from. They go into. They, when the Bible talks about high places, when it talks about highlands, when it talks about mountains, it talks about mountainous spots. Idols that, because in those days, they have idols that are placed on mountains. So when you talk about highlanders, it talks about people that are high down, that have high levels. You see, let me tell you, we live in the last mission we went to, I was so amazed to see the way they were talking about free machinery and I see free machinery was Jesus. They were so afraid of him. Because all the hiding place men there were free machinery. From president, they were free machinery. And that's what they call the humble right spirit. They are in high positions. And when they pass words and decrease, they can mess up people's destinies. That's the humble right spirit. They are mountainous personalities. They are highly influential. They are elevated points in life. And they can use their one degree to mess up people's destiny. Ahab, Jezebel, they operated under that spirit too. So if you don't know, if you don't know how to if you don't know how to say, they will save you out of life. And that's what a lot of Christians are suffering. When we tell them to talk, they'll be keeping quiet. When we tell them to pray, those some of them will be sleeping. That's how they'll be sleeping. When we tell some of them to make decrees, that's how some of them will be doing something else. You see, everybody's talking. So everybody's talking. Even the baby is talking. So you better be talking. <laughs> they are highlanders. They fight from the high places. They are high. They, 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 um, they, 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 they otherwise are the highlanders who God has given their lands to his children. But they will not let it go. They will let everything they will. He knows. I'm talking from experience. I've seen battles. I have won battles. Even when they know corrupt, corrupt, my God will say corrupt, corrupt. They know corrupt, corrupt. Play, play, like they say. Play, play. The thing is your own. We're to give it to you. Mine. I receive grace to contend for what is mine. 
refuse and receive grace to contend. You see, you cannot be a gentleman any longer. Gentlemen don't go far in the realms of the spirit. They are torn to chickens and they are killed. Lord, I receive grace to contend for what is mine. Say, in the name of Jesus. 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 Abba Father. Abba Father. As I begin to pray. As I begin to pray. I receive grace. I Shabla, I can just preach, 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 go deeper. Word, word, go 
scripture as you come back with the devil welcome you with the slap he first sent you to church with that was what no 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 not about that we are talking about being a terror to the kingdom of darkness yes. when the devil sees you are intimidated and not talking about you take intelligence say this one this
We thank you for the release of grace to contend with the Amorites that have been possessing our possession. And the release of grace upon us to possess our possession. As we begin to contend and as we begin to possess everything that is ours that the Amorites have held on to, we dispossess them of it in the name of Jesus. The great to Yes. To, the grace to never get satisfied with contending. Yes. The grace to never get satisfied with possessing. Yes. We thank you for the release of that grace. Amen. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen.